0: So hi, uh, my name's Sarah Harkness. I'm the CRO and co-founder here at Catadog Digital. We are helping organisations with their growth strategies and uh, fixing any revenue leakage via RevOps. So really excited to have a chat today to talk about how we can really accelerate um, lead to quote to cash um, through RevOps and uh, how we can really, yeah, might be able to work together.
1: Sarah, welcome to the Growth Mentor podcast. It's the first uh, time we record from Sydney. So thanks for taking the time. It's pretty late there. So let's uh, cut to the chase. Could you share us, Uh, share with us something that we don't know about revenue operations?
0: Absolutely. Uh, RevOps is not just for operations. RevOps is both an operating paradigm as well as an operations mode. So, I think there's quite a lot of um, challenges at the moment of distilling what RevOps actually should mean and I actually think RevOps isn't the best word for it and a good friend of mine who runs Rev um, Rev RevGenius actually said it's really more of a growth hacking mode. So it's a growth partner within your organisation aligning all your departments and divisions um, to really remove just that the divisions within the organization to um, create flow. We like to call it flow or create harmony and remove some of the dysfunction that might be blocking some of that revenue cycle and accelerating the output.
1: That's pretty new for me. So let's start uh, with the basics. What are Mm -hmm. revenue operations like according to your experiences?
0: Well, it's really the marriage between all departments uh, going in the same direction towards a revenue goal. Um, it's not just a revenue goal. It's also a customer goal. So, every organisation is in business to make money, whether you're even in non-profit, you still need money in order to you know, meet the cause that you're, you're a non-profit for. Um, having everybody aligned to that mission and that goal is the first step. Um, the second component of really what it means to have a RevOps operating paradigm is that you then have all of those or different departments within the organization, sales, marketing, customer service, product, finance, um, everyone really working together in harmony in some way and the systems and tools underpinning those processes uh, to help you reach those revenue goals.
1: And for me, it's a new term. So why, why are revenue operations important nowadays? It's something new for me.
0: Well, it's corporate nirvana is what I would say. <laughs> so organizational nirvana would be um, really, it, it, it's a, without it, you end up having silos within your organizations or you have pockets of, of these elements. So you might have a really fantastic marketing team and a really great sales team, but sales and marketing don't talk to each other or uh, they have different KPIs, or marketing doesn't even have KPIs. They just spend all the money (laughs) and say, here's all the leads, but the leads aren't getting converted. So, at some point along this revenue process, you've got what we call revenue leakage. And we're really trying to look at how um, we can streamline these people processes and the technology to ensure that you minimise that revenue leakage and accelerate the revenue output.
1: Amazing. So, given that you are active in this industry, what do mm-hmm. like successful revenue operations look like? So, h- how are they executed or what's success for them? Oh, look,
0: in any number of ways you you actually often d- don't even realize that there's revops in your organization already it's just you don't necessarily call it that yet <laughs> so if you for example um take a look at a great example um calendly they've got 40 people just in their revops division within their organization starts with the CRO and then they actually implemented a team and it's their sole job to create uh Collaboration across all of these different departments and support the technology stack or the rev tech stack, if you will. That's what I would say the top of the bell curve. Most organizations are nowhere near that. They're miles from reaching that, uh, you know, like I said, nirvana, if you will. They're probably about stage one or two where maybe sales and marketing do work together, but customer service is being left behind. Or their systems and tools are not talking to each other so you've got a pocket or a silo of data that has to be manually provided or handed over so you've got a distrust we call that digital dysfunction and that digital dysfunction is what's creating the revenue leakage in organizations at the moment
1: so you have been mentioning the interaction between among different teams would you elaborate mm-hmm. a little bit on like what teams or what like roles have to interact uh, in order for uh, an organization to achieve like, let's say, more successful revenue operations? Uh,
0: absolutely. I think I think first and foremost, sales and marketing, but we've been saying that for years. Uh, now, there's absolutely more of a push for customer service to get involved. And what I've really been seeing more of, and the trend can, continues to never cease to amaze me, that... Customer service is becoming more like marketing, sales is becoming more like customer service, and marketing is becoming more like both. So, marketing is becoming more and more of that um, really critical piece of the puzzle to deliver on Uh, We call them PQLs or MQLs. I think you need both. You need a pre-qualified lead and a marketing qualified lead in your organization. That should then hand over to a sales qualified lead. And structuring your organization across these different departments to kind of have that seamless handover is half the battle. Um, But definitely sales, marketing, customer service at a minimum should be collaborating
1: do Do they have to go uh, one step even like deeper? For example, conversion rate optimization. This is something that mm-hmm. uh, changes the output of our web page, our campaigns, whatever. So even the specialists within those teams should be interacting with this structure that you explain is that
0: right 100% 100% and if you can if you have the funds and you have the resource um and we we call them unicorns if you can actually find a revops practitioner um then put them in your organization and get them to start bringing these different pieces together um but That's the beginning of your sale that your CRO org within your organization, and ultimately that's what you want. The CRO shouldn't just be in charge of sales and marketing, they should also have this RevOps org within the organization. It really is a function in the business, and it is a relatively new function because it kind of is a bit of everything. But if you can help arm the people within the RevOps function to collaborate better across the different departments, then you could turn someone that's in IT, for example, into a RevOps practitioner in your organization.
1: Very, very, very clear. You you gave me a pass to ask the following. I have been thinking about it like since the very first uh, uh, time I heard about RevOps when we started discussing about this episode. What's the difference like with sales operations, like what, because this mm. is something that might confuse people. And, and you, you mentioned the streets totally. departments earlier.
0: So would you elaborate on that? Well, mops and sops, it's all RevOps, baby. <laughs> to be honest, it's just, a, I'm not even going to say, it's not a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's just that what we haven't done a good job of is distilling down that RevOps is a growth partner within your organisation. It is a growth partner and as well as an operational-minded person who has um, at least some degree. It's not even just one person. It should really be a team. <laughs> if, in an ideal world, um, and size is going to depend, the size of your RevOps team is really going to depend on the size of your organisation. Um, one of the customers that we worked with, um, their RevOps team was about, uh, about five people supporting about a billion dollar revenue. So, you know, you can do a lot with small amount of of a team. Even one person that it becomes a cross-functional RevOps mind within your organization can effectively make significant change.
1: Pretty clear and understood. Like, I, I have started admiring this uh, growth partner within uh, post-revenue organizations. So, mm. let's say that we are a founder or a team within like a startup or a company post revenue, of course, and we listen to Shara talking about revenue operations, and we decide to start an initiative within our company on the topic. Mm-hmm. So, mm. what should we be doing, and like what should be should we be avoiding as well?
0: Hundred percent. Well, we've been doing this for almost a decade, so so I definitely have seen a few pitfalls. Um. Let me start with what you should be doing. Um, the f- and the very first thing that you can do, and it's super easy. Um, and there's so many resources available out there already that you can find. But you want to health check yourself. You want to actually look inwards within your own organization and try to identify. And create the backlog of dysfunction. I call it the matrix of pain because it really is about a, a general list of all the issues that you're having. So you're sitting. Let's say I'm the COO or even go one level down and I'm um, GM of sales, or I'm in marketing, and I'm sitting in the general team meeting, and I'm hearing arguments happening about why this, why these leads aren't deeply. Uh, valuable to sales and why they're not converting. And I'm hearing the back and forth going on. That's one of the things I would write down, put that on my backlog and say, right, well, there's a a reason for this. And that's because we haven't clearly defined what that handover process is or what that definition of a qualified lead is. And we haven't got consolidated worldview of that across my organization. That's a relatively easy thing to fix. But if your system then doesn't support that, and you've you're just handing over continuously mqls that aren't even reflective of what an mql definition is you're going to be amplifying the dysfunction with technology typically by the time someone's um you know looking to to turn to revops it's because the tech has already amplified the dysfunction so loud that it's it's become such an issue right like once it hits the tech you know you know we've got to we've got to do something about it
1: what are the key metrics that uh, they should be paying attention to? Because obviously it's revenue, but like what else?
0: Oh, God, yes. So PQL, like the pre-qualified lead, MQL to SQL to SAL. Then you get into quote to cash. And this is where there's a really interesting... Uh, you know, additional acceleration that you've really got to think about. And this is where there's amazing tools that can help accelerate that within your CRM. So, on top of the CRM stack, you should be looking at, you know, your, your CPQ tools that can help to accelerate the contractual process. So, as you're going through the opportunity stages, this whole RevOps process doesn't end just as soon as you create an opportunity. Once that opportunity is in flight, it is then down to the salesperson and the customer to negotiate their way through that buying cycle. But the system then needs to make that really easy for customers to buy and make it really fun or engaging or seamless, right? Whatever it is that metric or or experience that you're trying to curate as an organisation, at that point, you should be So solid and so watertight in that experience that once you hand that sale over, as soon as that's closed, that contract is won, that the invoice gets sent out and there is no delay in the invoice being paid because that whole end process of the funnel is also uh, sought as well. And I think um, we don't want to forget in any of this uh, discussion that um, a big part of RevOps is finance and the end of the funnel. I think it's the forgotten dark arts. And actually, frankly, there's a huge opportunity for organisations to actually capitalise in on some small tweaks that can help um, really make that quote to invoice payment process better. So whether you start at the end of the funnel or the front of the funnel, you start to see what I mean when we talk about revenue leakage, right? There's so many points of the funnel where things could fall through the cracks.
1: This was another great pass from you to push me to ask about what's the role of technology in all this? Because you mentioned (laughs) here and there some uh, uh, keywords that I I think are highly related to technology. So any ideas around this topic?
0: Look, I certainly, and, you know, in our organization, we we partner with uh, Pedigree RevTech, uh, the tools that we have believe that we believe over the last twenty years of working in the industry to be the best tools to use to really accelerate your revenue for a particular size organization. Um, I certainly won't mention all the names on on this podcast, but ultimately, what you are able to do with the technology choices you have, you shouldn't be looking to the tech to solve the problem. The tech will not solve your problem the tech will amplify your problem and the tech will annoy you and make you cranky so what we want to do is really get the most out of our investment in the tech and we and we don't just put in solutions for the sake of solutions we put in tech based on understanding the implication of why we're putting that in in the first place and how that's going to affect the rest of the funnel process if we do not do that then we are at some point going to experience some frustration with the tech because it's not going to be meeting our objective if it's not seamlessly integrated throughout the whole process.
1: What we what if we define uh, processes as per our priorities and then use tools and technology to help us execute or implement those steps?
0: Amazing, genius, absolutely. That's exactly what we need to do. And the more we can do that and maintain that and hold ourselves accountable to that, the better. Right. So we want to maintain and hold uh, those workflows and update those. And again, this is that function of having a revenue operations team that can continuously go back and look at those workflows end to end and keep them up to date. So that even from an onboarding perspective, you get faster onboarding in sales if sales can follow the funnel on paper.
1: Great. I'm a big fan of tools. So now I feel a little more, a little better. Sarah, it was a pleasure having you this morning on the Growth Mentor Podcast. And I hope that uh, you enjoyed it as much as I did and people will learn as many new things as you shared with me.
0: No worries. Thanks for having me.